What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday. I'm not your average Boston sports podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can uh, listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can follow on both of those uh, platforms, and you can uh, follow our social uh, accounts on Twitter and on Facebook. So uh, this week we got a uh, kind of a Celtics theme doing kind of a season recap and uh, joined by none other than my older brother, Tyler Hayden, also a uh, season ticket holder with the Celtics. Uh, Ty, it's uh, good to have you back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad the first performance wasn't too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, we talked quite a while ago, you know, uh, kind of at the end of the, after the trade deadline and taking a look at, you know, some of the moves that they made and, you know, honestly, uh, now where, where things stand now, I think it's a, uh, pretty amazing how far the team got and you know obviously I think we would like to be here talking about a championship but uh, I think getting to the NBA finals is uh honestly is is just as good for for me personally at least yeah I I I think if you told me at the beginning of the season hey they're going to get to the finals I would be very happy with that outcome um I think a lot of the I guess the talk in sports media is like just banners if you don't win you're not good and it's like they were one of the two best teams in the NBA they're not number one but number two so I mean I'll take it yeah 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 I mean I think I would too I mean I think you know even considering where they were at the trade deadline you know I know things you know got better by that point you know whenever that was but things obviously progressed even further you know they catapult all the way to the second seed in the east and you know sweep away a Brooklyn team that everyone is thinking oh this is going to be a long series you know Mm -hmm. good luck going against Kyrie and KD and should have should have tried to rest your players get out of the series no problem with that one (laughs) yeah yeah you know and then things were definitely rocky I think the rest of the way just with the way the Bucks series went, um, but obviously they were able to come through and come through in the game seven in Miami. And, you know, definitely it sucks to come up short the way they did in the finals. I mean, I think just looking at some of the games that they lost, but I think um, overall, I think you could look at this season as a net positive. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, even, even the Bucks series like that was never going to be four or five game series like that was going to be a brawl and it was and I, I I mean if Middleton was there might be a slight advantage to the Bucks, but he wasn't like so you kind of just play with the players you got um the, I mean I think they showed a lot of growth in both the Bucks and in the Heat series um, with backs pushed up against the wall, they were able to respond. Um, and I think they played like pretty consistently in the Bucks, Bucks series. I think it started faltering a little bit in the Heat. And then after game three, I think just like the wheels came off, like the, the carriage turned into a pumpkin. And we were then seeing the Celtics of, December, November, where not to get too negative, just 
the ball movement on offense was stagnant. There's lots of turnovers and just kind of more so frustrating games to watch than to enjoy where it's like, if you lose a close game, but you're playing well, it's like, okay, like it happens, but it was, yeah, yeah it, was, it was, you're taking a really good opportunity and then kind of squandering it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, we all witnessed game four and, you know, I think we all could feel that, you know, when they lost that game, it was like, oh man, there really goes a huge yeah. opportunity, you know, and then you go on the road and it's like, you know, you pretty much have to play perfect basketball on the road yeah. in that environment. And, you know, they didn't. So, you know, I think that clearly you look at the Warriors team, they're, you know, experienced in those type of situations that Celtics obviously had never been in that spot before. So, you know, you hope that maybe it's just an inexperienced thing and it just, you know, got to them and the Warriors and stuff, you know, they've been doing this for, for years, you know, six finals appearances in, in eight seasons. Um, yeah. So I guess a, a question that I'm curious about for you, um, did the playoff run change the way you view uh, this Celtics team, like going forward? I think it confirmed what I thought they were. I, I always had pretty high expectations for this group of like Tatum, Brown, Smart. Um, I always kind of thought if they, if they can get it together, play consistently with each other, I think it's a, it's not a big three because I feel like throwing Marcus Smart in there is he's a good player, but I wouldn't, he's not on the player level of player where it's like, Oh, he's a, a big three type player. But I think it, it kind of confirmed of what I thought that they could be. Um, obviously I thought the ceiling for them was the NBA championship. They didn't reach it, but I, I definitely feel like this is this playoff run this season. I mean, the way that they were beating teams, from like February to March, it was stepping on throats. Like we're beating, like they had a run where it was Denver, Golden State, and like somebody else who's top in the West. And it was blowouts. And it, it it's frustrating. <laughs> Feels a little too soon to do this, but because it's still fresh. But like if they can find a way to play like that, like this is going to be a really good core. And they're all young. Like they, like, I, I think we'll probably talk about later on, but it's just, you, you have the core, you just need to to add some pieces around it and develop the players that are around it. But I think, I think this season definitely confirmed what I thought the Celtics could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of did for me too, that, you know, you can go far with two, you know, star players with what they had. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, okay, you have to add a third star, a third star, because that kind of felt like where it was going for maybe a year or two at that, to, to some point where it was like, okay, maybe they need a third star. But I think, again, it kind of confirmed that they do have the right group of players um, and do have the right mix. Um, but I also think that they got contributions this season at certain points from guys that I don't really know if it was, expected necessarily mm-hmm. uh, so with that being said i wanted to ask um so kind of a two-part question here 
Uh, which players surprised you the most this season? Who do you want to see further improvement uh, from? So I think this is a good question because I feel like a, a lot of players on the team took steps. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to pick one, um, okay. but I, <laughs> I think, I think Tatum's offensive skill set developed. We watched him become a much better playmaker and passer mm -hmm. in the second half of the season than what he was in the beginning of his career. And I, I think that is the, the next step, which I think vaulted him into the, the first team all NBA where it's like, he can, he can kill you with a shooting, but now he, he figured out how to pass. And it's, it's having, having that ability where the defense isn't like, Oh, Tatum has the ball. He's going to ISO. I mean, he still has that tendency every now and then, but now it forces teams to be like, if we send the double, he's going to see it and it's, it's going to kill us. It was like when Miami started playing zone, it was like, Oh, okay. All right. This is very easy to solve. Um, so I think for next year, it's just cutting down on the turnovers. Um, and I think that that will happen because I think we saw the, the development and the willingness to be more of a passer um, in his game. Do you want to respond and then we can maybe go to a few other players? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I would definitely agree with that. You know, I think the uh, playmaking ability of he and Jalen, you know, I think is really a testament to the new coaching staff and, and Ime that, you know, he said as early as his introductory press conference that, you know, he wanted to get both of those guys, you know, to be more playmakers. And I think that that, you know, definitely helped them to be a lot more dangerous. Um, called out, yeah. called out his new boss in the first yeah. press conference where Brad, we're not going to play. We're going to have a much better assist ratio than what yeah. you had under you. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, both Grant Williams and Robert Williams, I think surprised me. Those were um, my next two. Yeah. In different ways, you know, Grant, I think becoming, I mean, a really good lockdown defender in certain situations, you know, mm -hmm. we saw what he, he did in the Nets series and the Bucks series, um, his ability to knock down threes at a pretty good, good rate in the regular season um, and at times in the playoffs. Um, and then Rob Williams, you know, I was glad that he was able to stay healthy. You know, he played 60, 60, 61 games in the regular season. And I think became such a dominant force defensively. Um, and I think I saw that in his game at some point. I didn't think it was going to be as quickly uh, as, it, as it was this season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think with Grant, like, came into the NBA, missed over 20-something yeah. threes, and has now become a pretty efficient three-point shooter um i think his defense has gotten better he's this season was less of being reactionary where something bad happens and then it takes him out of the next two three plays and you just can't really do that in the nba um and i think i think for him it's it's just being more consistent with 
getting like with taking the shots, getting open for the shots. And then also he displayed it a little bit where now that teams have to respect him on the three point line, he'll, he'll fake, get them to jump, get them in the air mm-hmm. and then drive. And then it forces, forces um, somebody to come over. And I think that's kind of one of the two parts where he has to develop his game where it's being more fit, like taking your shot more when it's, when it's there. And then also being a playmaker when, when you do have the shot um, for Rob, I mean, I, first things first, I hope that this knee thing is not a long-term problem because that would be awful. Um, but if it's not, I think, I think his, and I think I heard him talk about it during the, the season where he has now been more vocal on defense and is, it seems like the, I mean, the defense was great from like December or end of December to, to even like end of the finals. Like they held the Warriors to, I don't think they broke 115 at all in the six games. Like the problem in the finals wasn't the defense. It was, it was the offense, but it's like, you have one of those things and it's, it's elite. Like it's, it's top three. You just need to find a way to be consistent on offense, which I mean, given the stars we have, it shouldn't be a problem, but I'm talking to, to some of my Matt, my other buddy who has see, I have season tickets with, he, we've been talking like if Rob can develop that Kevin Garnett esque jumper mm. where it's like 15 feet out, then it's, then it's just like, Oh, you're, you're not just a lob threat. Teams are going to then have to respect you mm. when, when you make a, make a cut. Um, to the rim so yeah um so then getting into kind of some guys that you might want to see further like development and improvement from um you know i think that Derek white's someone who i would like for him to knock down some more threes at a, a higher clip um you know i don't really know how you change that necessarily you know he shot 30% from three in the games that he was here with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and we've seen it at times, but I think I want to see him more confident in, you know, either his jump shooting or his, you know, ability to take it to the basket and score. Um, because I think that obviously I think he's a great fit with what they're trying to do offensively and sharing the ball. But I think if he can develop and be a little bit more consistent scoring the ball, then, it makes them that much more dangerous. Yeah, I totally agree. He he is a willing passer, but sometimes it's the other team knows you're a willing passer, so they're not going to get out there, press you, try to. If you're taking it three, it's like okay, you can you can take that one. We're we're not going to to move everything around for you. Like we don't think you're going to make it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean I. It was interesting to hear Al kind of talk about <clears throat> Derek made a comment that he was like a little bit nervous around the team when he got there. Cause I mean, the Celtics team has been together for the core has been together for a while. So I yeah. understand coming into a new situation where you're the new guy and there's a little bit of nerves, but hopefully this off season can integrate himself, be more comfortable with the team, um, improve the three point shooting. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think 
you know, this is a an off season and a summer that I'm hoping that the Celtics can work with um, Aaron Neesmith to get him, you know, as to try to get him to be more of a regular uh, rotation player um, next season. You know, I think that we've seen the the hustle and the defensive work ethic that I think the Celtics like, but I think again, you know, here's another guy that you would like to have him knock down shots uh, with, with more consistency. And I think, you know, if he can do that, he'll get more playing time. You know, he only had, averaged 11 minutes per game this year yeah I was looking at the the stats for the the last three games of the finals and it just looking over the bench and I was like oh yeah Aaron Neesmith is is on the team um Mm -hmm. yeah he this is this is going to be a make or break year for for him if he's going to stay with the Celtics it's going to be have to you're gonna have to be able to do more on offense and more for the team than just be the hustle, hustle guy. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, hopefully it works out. I, I, I like him. I like when he gets in there, he, he gives his, like his all. Um, yeah. It's just, I feel like it's with a few of the bench players. It's just, you, just, you have to be more consistent. We have to know what we're going to get from you when, mm-hmm. when you hop off the bench. Right. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving into kind of the coaching and, you know, maybe trying to evaluate Ime about, you know, his first season. Um, what, uh, what, what grade do you think you'd give him for uh, his first season? Just kind of considering, considering everything. I mean, a minus a, it, like, yeah, that's probably what a, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> he took the team to the finals in his first year. Like he, I, really focused like he did what he said he was going to do in the the first press conference we're gonna we're gonna be passing more and we're gonna like defense is gonna be a hallmark and he was able to do that it beginning of the season I think we're still dealing with a little bit of injuries players kind of still gelling um but then once once he was able to kind of like install his his system it, it was like oh everybody, everybody understands this and it's, everybody now knows where they're supposed to be and kind of what's, what's expected. Um, and it was firing on all cylinders. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to what he's going to do in the next season. I think he's a brilliant coach. Um, he was able to, in the Bucks series, I felt like he was able to respond to a lot of changes that um, Bud was doing. And then taking advantage of them and even Spolster. I mean, Spolster's top three, top four coach in the NBA. And mm-hmm. granted their team had a, a little bit of an injury bug in, in that series, but I mean, Spolster's an incredible coach and he was able to go toe to toe with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would definitely agree with that. You know, I think he uh, was able to kind of get more out of the guys. Um, and I think, you know, that's, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like when the Celtics brought Brad Stevens in his first couple of years and, you know, bringing those teams to the playoffs, it was like, oh, he was able to get a lot out of his guys. But then I think, you know, as this Celtics team, kind of the core, they grew a little bit older. I think that they needed a little bit more of a push, you know, and a little bit more of someone that's going to, you know, really get them going and force them to be like, okay, you guys are playing like trash. 
You gotta pick it up. Thanks for keeping a PG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some other things that he said, but I'm not gonna repeat that here. Yeah, don't need the expletive, expletive uh, content on the pod. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, I think I don't think it's gonna happen in in season two. I will say there is a point where his coaching style could start to grow go against the grain for some players and and this is not this is the things i worry about and it's it's distant in the future but it's like how many times can you say the say things that he says to them in in the huddle where it's like yeah we get it man like don't turn the ball over um i mean granted there's a point in game six where it was calling a timeout after bad turnovers and then there's two more bad turnovers and it's another instant timeout. And it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't turn the ball over. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I think he's, he's going to do well. I, I love the coaching staff that he has. I, I think I'm hoping that they can stay together for another season, but I would definitely understand other teams trying to poach from, from the coaching staff. But I think most of the, the job openings have been filled maybe outside of Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, I think like Will Hardy's name is the only name that I think that has been brought up as a potential uh, head coach somewhere else. Yeah. So kind of taking a look into, you know, next season, like into the future, um, what are some specific areas that you think the team should look to improve in? Not turning the ball over. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I mean, that... If you can just cut down on that, I like you're not gonna you're not gonna let other you're not gonna lose games. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna be the reason why you lost the game. Like you 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 can go against like a Luca or a Giannis where it's just like you can do whatever you like you can throw the kitchen sink at him, but there's no stopping him tonight. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. like I'm fine losing that way. It's just the games where it's like Oh, okay. So it's going to be one of those where we decide to throw the ball into the stands. Um, and then just consistency. I, I like another player who I'd like to see develop more and get more playing time is, is Pritchard. Um, he, he had his moments in the playoffs and definitely like kind of came out of, I mean, he's practicing with them. So it didn't come out of nowhere, but it's like, Oh, we've not seen you in a while. Um, and you're playing well. Um, I would like to see him get more, more minutes um, and be more consistent in those minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 You know, the, the, the turnovers is, is a big thing because I think, you know, as we saw in the finals, it's, you know, difficult when you're beating yourself and you're making things difficult for yourself. And, yeah. you know, I think we, we think, and we hope that, you know, it comes with, or just you chalk it up to, you know, inexperience in the finals and things like that. But I think you want to make sure this team continues to show, you know, good, good maturity and taking care of the ball and, you know, not trying to get caught up in, you know, official call officials calls and things like that. And, yeah, you know, and it's probably easier said than done, but you know, I think uh, it, it would definitely help them if they 
you know, don't let stuff like that kind of get to them and yeah. to kind of play through bad officiating. Yeah. And even just like bad, bad runs, like you, right. You can be having good ball movement, getting good shots, it's just not falling, mm-hmm. but it's like, you, you got to keep, you got to keep doing it. You can't then be like, Oh, well this, the ball movement thing's not working. So let's give it to Jason and see what he can do. And yeah. with 20 seconds on the clock and mm-hmm. just go back to those ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and this next question, I think kind of follow, follows that last question about uh, <laughs> thinking about whether if we think this group is, is hungry enough to, you know, come back next season, but hungry enough to try to get back to the finals and try to be like, okay, you know, we, we messed up last time, but we're going to get it done this time. Yeah, I, I, I definitely believe it. Um, I mean, Jalen, I mean, Jalen and Jason, there hasn't been a year where they haven't improved as players. Um, I, and I, I don't think they're the type of people that are going to take this loss and be like, Oh, woe is me. Um, I think they're going to use that as, as fuel to, to just get better. Um, mm-hmm. which is, the scary thing where it's like, I don't, I don't think either of them have breached what their ceiling is. Um, so yeah, I, I think this, this group of this core group of guys, I think is, is very focused um, when it comes to development and wanting to do better. Like you yeah. may set it after beating the heat. It's like, we don't hang banners for conference finals. So I, I like the coaching staff's going to have that mantra too. And they're going to be yelling at them all, all season long. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, you'd like to think that Jason in particular can kind of use this as fuel, you know, with the kind of subpar final series that he had. Um, but it's like, you know, and I said this on, said this on multiple occasions on the, on the podcast that, you know, there are tons of great players that, you know, don't do well in the first finals experience, finals experience, or, you know, take a while to win a championship. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that you can use those, those hard, hard lessons and, improve from them because we've seen you know some of the best players of all time you know come back after you know, playoff defeats or losing in the finals and come back an even better player yeah absolutely um, so looking ahead further to next season um, and taking a look at ways that the Celtics could improve the team um, who are some players that you are thinking about that could be good additions to the team, whether it's through free agent free agency or or trades with all the exceptions the Celtics have and always seem to have, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was looking at the as I said, I was looking at the the roster or the stats from the finals, and it's like they just need to get somebody like mid thirties, somebody who just kind of wants to be a part of like a contending team um, is willing to take a pay cut. Cause I don't really know how much money they're going to have. I mean, Wick is Wick and Brad have both come out and been like, yeah, we're spending money like to contend. So I'm going to hold them to it. 
I don't really have particular players. I I mean, they just have to be able to fit Ime's system. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not going to be picking up somebody like that's not going to be trying on defense. There's is going to be a liability on defense. They have to be out there and like be able to function as part of a, a team defense. Um, but at the same time, I, I think we just, we need somebody who's going to be able to be consistent, like mm-hmm. a 10 points off the bench and knows like knows their role in the, in the offensive system. Um, I mean, more shooter, like three and D is kind of what the Celtics need um, as like Tatum develops as a passer. It's, when you when you have somebody you can't shoot from three, they're going to be able, the defense can be able to sag and then make it harder to to run the offense. Mm-hmm. I, I did see today that um, it looks like Gordon is going to go to Philly as part of a three team with Tybal, but those two teams are trying to get they're trying to find the third team to make it make it work. I mean, Gordon would have been a great add. Granted, he might not be the best defender, but he can he can shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think that that's definitely kind of the the number one thing for them. Um, I mean, I also think that Brad kind of alluded to maybe having another playmaker to bring in off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which I I think I think makes sense, but I don't think that's like the number one thing that they need. Like, I think it's shooting off the bench and making sure that the shooters that you bring in at least that they're passable on defense and they're not guys that are just going to be complete liability on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that when you think about kind of the trade exception and using some guys, you know, Duncan Robinson's name has come up, but I'll just be honest. I'm not wild about his defensive defensive game. Um, no, <laughs> I mean, he, I think, he um, didn't even play in like, yeah. It wasn't until game six that he so started game, getting actually serious yeah, exactly. like minutes when it wasn't yeah. kind of a blowout. Um, I mean, they couldn't, he didn't play him. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. And um, you just 90 million on him. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't, I don't want that contract. Like yeah, I'd, exactly. I'd, I'd rather like, I would do anything else. <laughs> also getting, getting like a big, like somebody to come off the bench. Al's going to be another year older. Um, yeah. I think he's going to do be fine in the playoffs if when we get there next year. But it's, I think the season it's going to be difficult keeping up with the. I think he, there's definitely going to be some rest days this year for him, even though he's in peak physical condition. So, yeah, I mean, I think that 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 will be important trying to keep him fresh. You know, I think Mm -hmm. if they look at maybe someone like a JaVale McGee or someone that's kind of older, you know, can, can give them good quality defense. Um, I also think that it would make sense for them to maybe bring in another kind of older kind of veteran player that's looking just to sign on to try to win a championship or be part of a contending team. Um, you know, I think they could look into that in terms of, you know, other guys that I kind of looked at in terms of maybe guys that they could target with the uh, trade exception that they have that expires at the end of July. Um, Luke Kennard's a name that's come up from the Clippers, uh, Kevin Herter from the Hawks. 
Um, I also think Terrence Ross wouldn't be a bad ad. Just is one year left in his contract. It's like 11 million. So it wouldn't, wouldn't kill you financially. Um, so those are just some names that I was curious about. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was either Shams or Woj who said that I think the Clippers aren't looking to, to move um, Kennard. Hmm. But I mean, well, all three of that. Sense. He's a really yeah. three point shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're getting Kawhi and Paul George back. So it's right. definitely need to keep, keep the depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, as you said, Brad and, and, and Wick were pretty, pretty clear that they're, you know, willing to spend money this off season. So, you know, you just would hope that they, you know, do things kind of along the margins of the roster, trying to improve, you know, the bench, trying to get a little bit deeper. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is not an off season where they're doing anything major um, yeah. because I think, you know, it wouldn't make sense to, you know, you got to the finals, you know, you got pretty far with a group that I think, you know, honestly, if they don't turn the ball over, you know, you're probably a team that wins a championship. So, yeah. Um, so last question, kind of a two-part question uh, for you personally, um, <laughs> as a season ticket holder, would you say you're pleased with how the season went? Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast. Um, got to see a lot of good basketball, got to see KG get his number retired. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just great. I, I, I love going to the the games. They're like Celtics fans are, are, are great. Um, everybody's loud. Everybody like for the most part knows what they're talking about. I've definitely had some people in the section just kind of spout, (laughs) <laughs> some stuff that you might hear on a local radio station. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun time. Um, yeah. to, it's a good time to be a Celtics fan. I mean, we've yeah. going back, we've, we got these tickets the first, the first year that we had it kind of just yeah. being like, Hey, like we just all like the Celtics. Let's, let's go. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that IT playoff run was was a lot of fun. Um, oh, definitely, I mean, it was it was the Brad era of like the sum of the parts is 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 greater um, than the whole. And it yeah. like really just like pop punk Celtics. Like we don't care who you are. We're gonna give you everything we got. Um, yeah. And then and then seeing the runs with a young Tatum and a young Brown. Uh, was 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 crazy i mean this year i got to see the the nets game and i have never heard it get that loud it was like everything happened going back it was like they miss they make the shot brown gets that layup nets get it to durant and then they throw up that shot and then they're just running the ball down the court and you don't have time to process what's what's about to happen and then you see yeah. the marcus with the ball with a few seconds left and pretty sure 95 percent of the <laughs> the whole arena is like he's definitely shooting that one yeah. and it's yeah it, it when the ball went in and we all kind of knew that it was on time just yeah. erupted yeah 
Yeah. Oh man, I can't imagine <laughs> how exciting that must have been. Because I was going to ask about like uh, playoff atmosphere, because that's like something that I feel like we've all heard as Celtics fans that like the the atmosphere in the playoffs is like just the best. Oh yeah, it it is it is loud. Everybody like we would have to be getting there 30 minutes, 45 minutes early to be able to get, get to our seats by like the time, like five minutes left in the warm-up. Um, everybody's getting there early. Everybody's being allowed. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an incredible atmosphere. It like, you just feel like every, like you part of a whole. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's kind of in that kind of, shared community i guess yeah yeah <laughs> well uh this is a is a great way to kind of put a put a bow on this celtic season yeah um, yeah drafts uh, drafts happening now as we speak so yes yes yeah for those of you on to next probably, year <laughs> yeah you'll probably be listening to this on uh on friday at some point but yeah this was uh this was great it was great to talk celtics with you yeah. Awesome being back on the pod gear. Thanks for yeah. having me again. You're welcome. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll probably, we'll probably talk with you again at some point, maybe as we get closer to the season. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, everyone, thanks for listening. You can catch the uh, next episode on Monday. All right, everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.